If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Just before we get started with this week's episode, we've got some exciting Early Excellence news for you. Uh, we've got the fantastic and inspirational Julie Fisher leading an online seminar for Early Excellence next month. The course is a leadership level course to explore what practitioners and leaders can do to ensure that all interactions are of the highest quality within the classroom environment. Um, it's an online seminar, so you can join from wherever you happen to be. It's on Wednesday the 16th of March 2022. Um, it's a full day course and there's lots more information all about it on the Early Excellence website. Hello everybody, Andy here. Uh, welcome along to episode 18 of the Early Excellence podcast. Um, last week we talked all about block play and small world play and how those resources and materials needed to be stored together. Um, we talked about the high level of organisation needed. We talked about that idea of the range of resources and materials that needed to be available to the children. And we talked about the wide range of possibilities the learning possibilities that come from that. This week, what are we going to move on to? Well, this week, we're going to, we're going to turn the spotlight on the water area, which is a really interesting one. Um, it's an area that not everybody has within their classroom. And for lots of different reasons, sometimes people feel that they don't have the space to have a water area within their classroom. And that could be fair enough, of course. But also sometimes people decide actually they're not going to have a water area because they see it as maybe too messy or too chaotic. Sometimes they say, well, actually, we're not having a water area or we don't have a water area because we don't really value the what happens within it. We don't see it as high quality learning. Well, as part of this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to explore um, a wide range of things to think about in terms of the water space. So in terms of that idea of a water area. So why we would recommend that you, if you have got the space to have it, why we would recommend that you do have a water area, but also why the learning that happens within this area of the room is valuable. So if you've never had a water area indoors, maybe, maybe now's the time to consider it. Certainly, a water area provides lots of learning possibilities really across all seven areas of learning. So there are opportunities within a water area for physical development, for mathematics, particularly with capacity play. There are opportunities, lots of opportunities, of course, for language development, for collaboration, for children working together, for storytelling, so telling stories, exploring stories, particularly using small world. And then of course, exploring materials and properties of materials. So quite scientific exploration, the idea of exploring water flow or how water is transported, that happens within a water area too, of course. Now, if people say they haven't got the space inside, and fair enough, as I said before, fair enough, that might be the case. But if so, I do think we have to be quite careful if all we end up doing is moving our water tray, what would have been an indoor area, basically outside. I think we've got to be very careful with that because a water tray just moved outside doesn't really provide the same experience. 
First of all, it's not practical. I think if we move a water tray outdoors, it, needing, it will need cleaning and sorting an awful lot. Okay, so it takes up an awful lot of staff time. Secondly, it's not practical because actually for most of the year in the UK, for most of the year, the weather really isn't that warm and certainly not really warm enough to stand still around a water tray with our hands in water. We're going to get cold very quickly. The children are going to get cold very quickly if that's what we're expecting them to do. And thirdly, it just having a water tray outdoors really is a missed opportunity, I think. Even if you haven't got a water tray inside, don't try and offer one outside because actually children outside should be exploring water play on a much, much bigger scale. Okay, so about lifting, carrying, transporting, using their muscles, it shouldn't be about standing still. Okay, so think about a range of different materials from trucks to buckets, large, large containers, watering cans, tubing, guttering, all of those sorts of things instead. Okay, so that's in terms of outdoors. Let's think about your indoor space though. Okay, so let's go back to the indoor space. If you are considering offering a water area indoors or perhaps rethinking your current water area, start with what resources you're going to offer. Okay, so think carefully about the number of resources that each resource the, n the number of resources so that each resource earns its place on the shelf, okay? So that we're not over cluttering the space because that can often, commonly that can be a, quite an issue. Um, if we have too many buckets, for example, in the water area, they, they kind of lose their value, I think. Children don't value them as much. They'll all end up tipping, being tipped into the water tray rather than being used carefully. Okay, so that's where to start. Start with your resources. Start with making sure all of those resources you've got within that area earn their place on the shelf. But of course, getting it right, getting the use of the water area right is not just about the resources. It's also about how you use it effectively as you go through the day and also how your staff value the space for learning and how staff think carefully about the interactions, the quality of interactions that happen within that area too. What we've done is we've recorded a short piece to really get you thinking further about the water space. Okay, it includes some key questions for you to consider about your practice in relation to the water area. Okay, so I hope you find it useful. I'll be back at the end to let you know about a range of different materials uh, to help you get started on developing your space, your provision, your water area. Exploring and experimenting with water is a key fascination of many children. And if you have it available continuously, you might even find that some children go back to it a lot. Should this be a worry? Well, not as much as you might think. If you plan your water area well, you'll ensure that it's packed with a wealth of opportunities for scientific and mathematical thinking, as well as opportunities for storytelling and developing narrative. Of course, this learning will depend on how well you resource your water area and also how well you teach within it. You can't simply set up an area and expect children to know how to use it. You have to teach children from the very beginning how to use the resources 
how to select them, how to handle them and look after them, helping children to be respectful of what, what sorts of materials have been provided. You'll also need to help children to tidy away when they've finished using the resources so that your water area remains well organised at the end of each session or at the end of each day. If you consider what it is that children naturally choose to do in water, whether they're playing with a bowl of water or investigating puddles or having a bath, then this will help you to understand what children are going to do and therefore learn in the water tray. There are some important considerations here. Don't try to shoehorn learning into the water area that isn't a natural link. So by adding numbers to ping pong balls, for example, or letters to, to ping pong balls or other materials, Water is not the best place for children to learn either number or letter recognition naturally or easily. Water is for lots of other things. Water's for pouring, filling and emptying. It's for scooping and stirring and whisking. It's for dropping things into and pushing things down, for diving objects down into and seeing objects float, for pretending it's the sea or a river. So, Water is best used for learning about materials and how they move. Finding out about forces, what makes things move. Finding out about speed and direction, experimenting and wondering why, problem solving. It's also good for mathematics. All that pouring, holding and transferring water from one container to another is all related to, to learning about volume and capacity. It helps children develop a sense of how much things hold and helps them to see how the shapes of containers affect this. So, to maximise learning, you'll need to resource this area really well. Have graded containers, beakers and cylinders, regular and irregular shaped bottles and buckets, different sized scoops and spoons, as well as lots of different tubes, sieves, and water wheels through which water moves in different ways. And if you want to encourage greater imaginative play, you'll need small world creatures, fish and dolphins, for example, and boats of different sizes that can hold objects and people so that storying can take place. Above all else, you'll need to prioritize time for adults to engage in children's play in that water area. Sometimes you'll work with a small group to focus in on one of these key aspects of learning. That might be science, maths or storytelling to ensure children gain some direct teaching. And sometimes you'll do a short whole class session to show and tell to embed a certain idea or explain a concept using the resources and sharing what another child has done in that space. So there's lots to think about to really make this area successful. Okay, here are some things to consider. When you think about your water area, are all adults able to articulate the learning that you have planned for, the, for, for your water area? Have you carefully introduced and also modelled the resources and their possibilities? Do all adults in your team value what they see your children doing within that water area? that experimental, imaginative play, for example? Do they use good vocabulary 
when talking to the children and what they're doing. So can they explain and use the right terminology to describe the different materials and objects that can be found within your water tray? Are your children supported to use this language too? As they tell you and other children what they're exploring and what they've noticed or found out. At the end of the day, it's all about the teaching. So understand what children naturally want to do in an area. That's a really important starting point. And I think the water area is a really good example of this. That idea of what will children naturally want to do in the water. Use that as a starting point and build on it. Okay. Understand what children will naturally want to do in an area. Resource it well to maximise this and give up time to teach and embed key learning using this particular area of provision. Okay, so I hope you found that useful. I hope it's given you lots to think about and that you're inspired to develop your water area within your classroom. If so, um, it's well worth knowing that there are lots of resources and materials on the Early Excellence website that I think will really help you with that. So um, if you go to earlyexcellence.com, so the website, earlyexcellence.com, um, on the homepage, what you'll find is there are a range of tabs across the top if you go to the ideas and inspiration tab, first of all, and scroll down the list that pops up, um, you'll come to first, you'll come to if you scroll down the list, you'll get to um, a section which is called virtual tour of the center, virtual tour of the center. And what that is, is the software that we've been using to create this virtual tour of the space. Um, our, our center in Huddersfield, of course, over the last couple of years has at times been available for visitors and at other times not necessarily available to visitors because of lockdowns. And so what we wanted to do is to, to use this software so that anybody could still visit. And it's a really valuable tool. So if you're developing your learning environment, um, it's a really interesting thing to use. It's a 3D tour. So you can use the software to zoom around the space, the, the different classrooms that we have available for you to explore. We've got an early years classroom all set up, a model classroom room all set up for you to zoom around and to have a really good look at the different provision areas um, and there is a water area within there so you can zoom into the water area you can look carefully at what resources have been offered and you can also look carefully at the the way that the resources have been organized too which I think would be really helpful so just like we talked about last week with the block play area with the block area we've used shadow backing so shadow backing within the water area on the shelf so that we're storing resources really effectively so that tidy up time works effectively too. Okay, so that's a really interesting resource to use, particularly with your team. So that idea of going on a tour around our centre, um, exploring the interactive environment there at the centre and in particular looking carefully at the water area. Okay, what else? Well, um, the other really interesting thing that I think would be worth looking at, if earlier on when I mentioned that idea of outdoor water not being just about standing around a water tray, if that got you thinking about your outdoor water provision, then it'd be well worth you having a look at one of our free training videos. Um, we've got a free training video which is called Get Set for Outdoor Learning and it covers in quite a lot of detail actually that idea of outdoor water play, what it should look like and what sorts of materials and resources to offer. 
So again, in terms of where you find it, you go to the Early Excellence website, you go to the Ideas and Inspiration section, scroll down, and you'll come to a section called Training Videos. In there, you will find a range of different training videos that are available for free. You can use them with your team for discussion points. And the one which is called Get Set for Outdoor Learning, that's the one to focus in on. Okay, so all sorts there for you to really get stuck into and really get thinking about. If you get stuck at all with anything or if you've got any questions, um, do feel free to, of course, to get in touch. My email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com. Okay, so do get in touch. It would be good to hear from you. All right, take care, everybody. All the best with all of that. And we will see you next week.